you, everyone. And now we have the privilege of our wonderful Dorothy to come and bring the Word of God to us. And it's going to be great. So bless Dorothy, Lord, as you always do. Give her free flow. And uh, we look forward in Jesus' name. Thank you, Anne. <laughs> Thank you. When I was preparing this, I didn't have as much time as I thought. And I didn't, well, I just didn't have as much time as I thought. And so I was questioning God, like, with different bits and pieces. Is this what you really want me to talk about today? Have I got it right? Are you sure? Because it's also a a bit shorter than I normally do. But Anne has just totally confirmed everything by standing up the front and saying what she said in her lead-in today. And I'm sitting there nearly in tears going, okay, thank you, God. That's right. I may not have it all perfect, but I've got the gist of what you're asking me to say today. I wanted to talk, I've actually titled it, and I'm not 100% sure if I'm, but that's what I'm going to go with. Um, Worship rather than work-ship. See, worship, workship. So we don't have to be working. So when we're getting to a stage of just being in his presence, just every day, all the time, being with God, rather than having to work at it harder and harder and harder. There is a stage when we need to work at it and get that into our system. But we want to be at the stage where we can just be with him 24-7 all the time. Awesome, isn't it? Awesome. So I'm going to actually read, start by reading from Psalm 84. So if you have your Bibles, please follow along because I'm going to read a bit and then I'm going to talk about the bit before and then the bit after. Anybody wants a spare Bible, there's one sitting on my chair there. And I'm reading from NIV, I think. Yes, I'm reading from NIV. So, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my God and my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on pilgrimage. That's the version I've got with the word pilgrimage in it. Other versions I looked at did not have the word pilgrimage. I can't remember what they had now, but it wasn't pilgrimage. So I'm really glad that I used that for this version. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. He go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Right at the very beginning, my soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. That's my question for us all today. Is that the place where we are at? Do our hearts and our soul cry out? Do, our, do we yearn to be with God? And to be in his presence every day. Or do we just come to church on Sunday and forget about him when we're not here? I don't think that's true of anybody here, but that's just my question for us today. And actually, if we're not in that place of yearning and really wanting to be with God, how do we get to that place? And obviously, 
it's through relationship with God, through prayer, through worship, and through spending time with him. But that, as I'm saying, it means every day, not just on a Sunday. But I also don't want to make anybody feel guilty, either here or online, because Sunday is a good place to be. Sunday is amazing church. Please don't stop coming to church to gather together, to be in communion with more people than than just yourself, that's a straight sentence, to be in communion with other Christians. Please don't stop coming to church. But I want to talk about the times when you're not at church and how you can interact and be with God at the same time. Where our hearts are yearning, it's a relationship. We want to build on that relationship. God wants a relationship with us. We need to build on that relationship with him. And that takes more than just one day. It takes more, you know, you want to get to know somebody better. You see them throughout the week. We want to get to know God better. We're going to see him throughout the week. So God made us for a relationship with him. We look right back at the beginning of creation and God spoke the world into being. He breathed breathed his breath into Adam, set him in the Garden of Eden for closeness, for relationship. And he still wants that relationship with us today. God's love was there right at the beginning of creation. I'm thinking most probably before creation, before he actually said, let there be light, because he's Alpha and Omega. He knows everything. He would have known he's going to love us. Why would he bother making and creating Adam if he doesn't want the relationship, if he doesn't want to see us now? His love has always, always been there for us. But we know Adam messed up right at the beginning. And God still loves us. He still showed his love for us. We saw um, in the time of Noah, when everybody wasn't, was wicked and wasn't looking to God, wasn't doing the things, wasn't following him. He saw Noah. He saw his family. He set that rainbow in the sky as a promise that he would never flood the world again. That is a promise of his love. He walked with the Israelites through the desert. He guided them by cloud by day, by fire by night. He parted the sea for them. His love for his people is never-ending, and it's life-bringing. And again, when Jesus comes, we've got Christmas coming up. We're celebrating Christmas soon. That's such an amazing time. But when Jesus came, that is an amazing love that God showed for us. Jesus walked on the earth for nearly 33 years. He died on the cross, but he didn't stay there. He rose again. He's a living God. And he's seated today at the right hand of God the Father and interceding for us. That is love. A God that doesn't give up, even when we mess up, when we know what he's done for us, doesn't that make your heart yearn to be with him? I realized um, when I was reading this morning that I forgot to, because I'm going to talk about each verse as we go through, But I hadn't said anything about verse 1. How lovely is your dwelling place. A dwelling place now, you know, that's a place of peace, of joy, of love, of hope, of taking fears away. But where's his dwelling place now? Yeah, it's in us. How lovely is his dwelling place? How lovely are each and every one of you that you carry Jesus with you? What an amazing place for Jesus to reside, right in you. How cool is that?
Verse 3 is telling us, Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near the altar. That's a really close place. Lord Almighty, my God and my King, the birds are welcome to come to God and be in his altar. How much more are we welcome? Anybody that's done anything that doesn't know God, that wants to know God with any background, is welcome to come to God. There is no bars, no restrictions. You come to him. You say, you can say you're sorry and ask forgiveness, but he will welcome you with open arms. But it's not just for us. That bird is is going to lay her eggs. That's for our families as well. All of our families are welcome to come to Jesus. Verse 4 is continuing. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on on a pilgrimage. The American Dictionary for Pilgrimage describes a trip as often a long one made to a holy place for religious reasons. And it made me giggle because it's often a long one. When we get to know God, it's a long, long time. Because you, you know him. As soon as you ask him into your heart, you know him. He will come and you will get to know him. But getting to know him better is a long journey. It's a lifelong journey. It's not just that one day or that little while. You can go away, you can come to God and you can get to know him. And then like I did, you can forget about him and you can walk away and you can have a few years without him. But he doesn't forget about you. You can come back again. It's a lifelong journey of keeping on and getting to know him better and better. Because it's a journey, I think Anne was saying it today, I can't remember your exact words, um, that you use but it's going towards him all the time it's a life because you're going to live in eternity with him if you know jesus now here on earth after your death it doesn't end you're going to be in eternity with him you're going to be praising him and loving him all that time without all the stress and the hassle of the world now you are just going to have time to praise and worship him and that can be done now because you're in that you were going forward to that holy place to be with him the whole time but you're in a holy place now because God is here now he is a living God so wherever you are whatever you're doing you're still in that holy place with him when you're able to take that time to put down that phone to turn off that tally to forget the hassles or to come come to him and say Lord, right now I need to be with you. That is your holy place. That is your holy ground with him where you can worship freely, where you can position your heart freely to be with him. Because he wants that. Verse 5 is saying, Blessed is a man whose strength is in you. Sorry, I'm reading from... Verse 5 originally, when I read it, read, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on a pilgrimage. I go off track and then I can't remember where I am on the words. I think we're on the right place. But in the New King James Version, it's put in, 
Blessed is a man whose strength is in you, in thee, in whose heart are the ways to them. American Standard Version. Blessed is the person whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the roads to Zion. It's not just an outward when we get, when we're getting to know God. It's not an out, it's not totally an outward expression. So it's not all about your hands up, being on your knees, worshiping, praising, dancing. That is a big, big part of it. But it's about your heart too. How he sees you. He knows you're in the most being. He sees your heart. And he still accepts you, still loves you. Whatever your heart is like, he still loves you. Because he's able to change you for the better. He's able to work out whatever's going on with the pain in your heart maybe. Or the sorrow. He's able to work that through with you. So it's an attitude of praise and worship that's inside That's your lifelong commitment to his ways. I know we mess up. I said in the beginning, God is a loving God and he is a forgiving God. And when we mess up, we can still come to him. We can still come to that dwelling place. And he still welcome us with open arms. That's our pilgrimage towards God. We keep going. It doesn't matter if we've done something wrong Or if we think, oh, I haven't been really sat with him for a few days because I've been so busy. He still wants to know you. He still wants you to come. You are still very, very welcome, whatever the day of the week is, to go see God. Whatever the hour of the day is, you are still welcome. He's not sleeping. He's just there looking upon his children, seeing and welcoming them when they come to him. But we have to make that move and we have to come. So when we're looking at verse 4, I'll recap on verse 4, was blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord. They are forever praising you. The blessing and the praising comes before the strength. Yeah, sorry. So blessed are those who dwell in the house of the Lord. They are praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are on a pilgrimage. But the praising comes first. It's part of our journey of getting to know him. Praising him. I think I've just said this. Not just singing and raising the hands. We're going down on knees. This is all part of our praise. Don't stop doing that. It's our everyday lives, not just on the Sunday. It's the attitude of praise within us when we wake up, when we go to work, when we shop, or when we're in the coffee shop. He's there with us all the time. doesn't matter. doesn't actually matter, I don't think, if you sense him, because I think he's just with us anyway. And you can turn your heart round to go, actually, Lord, show me where you are. What are you doing in this time, Lord? Make me aware of you. It's easy to say as you're just walking into the shop, show me who I should be speaking to today, Lord. Give me a word for someone. And then don't be surprised when he does. And then you have to actually go do that, follow it out. I know when I was walking in Asda's a long time ago, I used to do that regularly. And I was like, give me a word for someone today or give me something to say to somebody or what should I be doing here? And then suddenly he tells you, to go and 
I don't know, give somebody a bunch of flowers for no reason but to give them a bunch of flowers and say God loves them. I think, you really want me to do that? Well, yeah, I've just asked you to do that. So, you know, you asked me, what could you, and you have this little argument, like, you really want me to? Uh, but just listen to where he is, what he's doing, and then when he actually asks you to do something, be obedient in doing that. It's all part of, it's all part of worshipping him and praising him and having him in your life 24-7. So it's a heart attitude and an adoration for God. It's a love for God like no other. I think I might be losing you. I'm losing myself here. I'm hoping that you guys are getting something out of this. I'm a bit lost myself. But blessing and praising God, having him 24-7 in your life, to say hello to him in the morning, thank him for things during the day. I've actually written here, yeah, I'm finding it hard to explain. It's that deep yearning. If you haven't got that deep yearning, I can't tell you what it feels like. But when I was writing this particular bit, it was early hours of the morning. I said, like, time has been difficult to write this. I got up in the early hours and thought, okay, let's do another bit now. And I had it, it was really cold, the heating hadn't come on, so I'm snuggled in a blanket and I had water next to me. And then my water ran out. I needed to get more water. So for me, I had to get up, I had to move, I had to go get water because I needed the water. It was a desperate thing. It's like I only had that little drop and it's like, I really, really need this water because I can't do anything else. That's like a yearning for God as well, although he's more important than water, that you are in a space that you're doing something, but you know that God is calling you and you have to move, you have to go do something else. Because he's saying, come here, I need you, my child, come be with you. I'm not, you know, I love you, I want your presence, come and be with me. Come on, I've got something exciting to tell you, let's go, let's go. And you imagine him just standing there, come on, come on, come on, and you're going, oh, I'm just busy doing this, I'm busy doing this, I don't want to do this. Julie spoke about it a few weeks ago. She was saying she was doing the washing up, and that's a yearning, she actually spoke it out. She was doing her stuff, had to get things done. She's saying, God, I'm coming in a minute. I'm coming in a minute. I won't be long. I've just got to do this. I've just got to do this. I'm coming. She, and then when she said when she got there, she just felt his presence totally over her. And he's calling us all of the time. We don't always hear him. And we need that. Like the psalmist has said right at the beginning, do you yearn to be with God? Do you really, really want to be with God? Yes, I do all the time, and life gets in the way. So we need to shuffle life over a bit and make that space for him. God is with us 24-7, never leaves us, never forsakes us. He is our strength in time of struggles. He hears our prayers and answers. He wants that daily relationship with us. We are the temple of God now. We said that at the beginning. We are the temple of God. No longer do we have to go to any special place. Please keep coming to church. (laughs) We love you coming to church. I'm not telling you not to come to church. But you can have that space in your own home. You can have that space when you go on a walk. And I used to put my headphones on. Put your headphones on. Go for a walk because... You're on your worship music. You're on something. It focuses you. You have to find something that focuses you on God. 
It's the praise that you do on your own when no one around you, no one is around you. And you, some of you might be thinking, what's that then? Praise on your own? I don't do that. What's that? If you've never tried it, do it. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. Because no one's watching you. There's nothing to inhabit you. It doesn't matter. You can dance. You can raise your hands. You can lay on the floor. Shut the doors. Make sure everyone's out of the house. Or just say to somebody, don't disturb me because I'm, I'm with God now. Whatever happens, I do not want you to disturb me. Sing to your heart contents. Cry to your heart content. Laugh to your heart content. Whatever Holy Spirit is doing, just open your heart and be with him. It is possible to praise on your own. It's part of your pilgrimage. It's part of your journey of getting closer to God. Putting that time aside for him. Putting down the phone. Turning the tally off. Closing that really good book even. But purposely making time for God. I heard somebody say the other day, and I don't know who it was, but I think it was on the God channel, that if we want to see more of God, then we have to be disciplined to spend that time with him. Spend two minutes a day or ten minutes a day, but decide to do it. And if you only have two minutes, then God still loves it, but he wants more. And if you only spend two minutes, you're going to want more. You are going to want more. If we come every day, if that's what we said, you don't have to feel anything spiritual. You just have to be disciplined to say, this is my time with God and he will be there. And you will feel him and you will hear from him. Maybe not at the very first time because you've got to get used to listening to God. But he will still be there. You need to make that, we need to make that first step. So going back to Psalm 84, we're in verse 6 now. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Valley of Baca isn't an actual place. The Message Bible describes it as the lonesome valleys. The Passion Bible as dark valley of tears. It's a place of struggle. And we've been talking about struggles this morning as well. But the verses that go before the Valley of Becca says, Blessed are those who dwell in the house. They are ever praising. Blessed are those whose strength is in the Lord, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. Again, the blessing and the praising comes first. It helps you when you're walking through struggle if you set that time aside, if you've been blessing, sorry, if you've been praising the Lord, if you've been with him, if you've got those times when you're going through struggles, it helps. And Anne was saying this as well. It doesn't mean because you know God that you're not going to have struggles. It doesn't mean that. It would be brilliant if it did, but it means that he helps you to walk through them. And I know that from knowing God and walking through struggles, I am stronger. If I didn't know him and I look back at some of the things that I've been through, I don't know how I would have gone through. I don't know how I would have got through them because God is strength when you're walking through the struggles. 
And he, ha- he opens that. He gives you that hope. He keeps that light on that actually there's an end to this. And you can see the goodness as you're going through them. You can still praise him. You can still walk with him. You can still be with him. It doesn't matter what you go through. He is walking there next to you. Just being reminded like the, of the poem with the footsteps. He carries you. He is there to carry you, to hold you, to keep you, to guide you in the right direction. But if you don't know him in the first place, if you haven't taken that time to be with him, to get to know him, then when you're going through the struggles, yes, he's still going to be there. But are you going to call on him? Or are you going to forget he's there then? Hopefully not. So when we walk through the struggles, we're still blessed. As we praise and we set our hearts on the journey closer towards God, we do our part. We are still blessed. That place of sorrow and struggles can be a place of springs and autumn rains. Newness and freshness. So things are coming down. Things are growing. Things will grow good out of the struggles. Things will get better doesn't mean that they get miraculously better, also sometimes they do. doesn't mean that they're going to be one day bad, one day good. But it means that you're going to cope better. I said it was short, I'm finishing up. <laughs> yeah. I am aware that people here and online are going through struggles. And my encouragement to us all today is to dwell in his house, to get closer to yearn to be with him, as the psalmist said. Discipline ourselves to make time each day to be alone with God. Tell him the things that you won't tell anyone else. Praise him for who he is and what he's done and what he will do. Speak from our hearts and allow the fellowship to go from strength to strength. The more we get to know him, the more we want to know him. He already loves us all anyway. It's a love relationship. And if you don't know him yet, and you're thinking that sounds better way of going through struggles, then just ask him. Ask him into your life. Ask Jesus to come and to show you and reveal himself to you. And if you don't know that yearning yet, that really, really wanting to be with him, then just ask him, Lord, I want more of you. Help me to get closer to you. Show me the times when actually I can put aside things and be with you. Amen. Thank you, Father.